Hi everybody, I'm your host Valentina and this is your Italian true crime show. Before jumping in today's case, I would like to ask you to follow me on Instagram at Bloody Pasta Podcast where you can find more material about each case. And please rate, review and subscribe to the platform where you listen currently, especially on Apple Podcast and Good Pods. Without further ado, let's start today's case. Welcome to the dark side of Italy. Welcome to Bloody Pasta. Some people are destined to be part of history, and Countess Vacca Augusta is one of them. I will call the Countess Contessa in Italian for the rest of the episode. The Contessa life will be forever tangled to the big part of Italy recent history. Her death is still triggering morbid attention from television and newspapers. This story, her story, will be a mix of aristocracy, jewelry, lady-in-waiting, mental health, lovers, Tutankhamun course, and money. So much money. The Contessa did not burn with a Nobel title. She was born actually Francesca Vacca Graffagni in 1942 in Genova. Genova is a classic seaside city in the northeast of Italy with narrow streets and clothes hanging between windows and buildings left over to dry at the breeze of the Mediterranean Sea. And then there's the port, the old port, the Lanterna, which was and still is the breathing heart of the city with its famous worker, I Camalli. The Lanterna port was the starting point for Garibaldi and his thousand, who then unified Italy in 1860. hundred years later, in 1960, Francesca, was a shopping assistant in Genova. While she was working, she met the Count, il Conte, Corrado Augusta. They fell in love quickly and deeply. Francesca's surname, Augusta, and her title came in 1974 when she married the Conte. Tabloids went nuts over Francesca's introduction to the Portofino elite. Francesca had a statuesque body, a beautiful face, an impeccable style, and captured the attention of everybody. What the tabloids tried to understand was her mysterious origin, since nobody knew her. The Conte and journalists start to create lies over her past. They immediately say that Francesca was a model in Milan. Well, maybe because be a shopping assistant in Genova, it was not elite enough. Corradina Augusta, the, the Conte, had a great wealth. He was the king of helicopters. And when he saw her and fell in love with Francesca, well, he was still married with a family. So he leaves his wife and son Rocky for Francesca. Imagine the scandal. And the new couple moved into Portofino. 
Portofino will be the background of our story. I don't know if you have ever been, but Portofino is a handful of colorful houses at the end of a deep inhaled, rocky cliffs all around, the breath of the sea lapping against a small square, boats resting on the tiny shore and boats rocking lazily over the ermelet water. All around is green of a thousand of shades, discreetly shattering sontuous villas at the center of high society. And it's from one of these villas, Villa Alta Chiara, that the Contessa will disappear on the 8th of January 2001. But let's continue the chronicle of Contessa eccentric life because her story is part of her mysterious disappearance. The Conti, the Contessa and the Conte, lived in intense and crazy years, traveling around the world among super luxurious yachts, meeting with celebrity aristocracy, until 1984, when the two separated but never divorced. They never had kids. The Conte Augusta died a few years later after the separation. As you can imagine, this started a series of complicated legal issues and battles over inheritance between the Contes and Rocky Augusta, especially. At the Conte Augusta death, his estate was estimated around $600 million. Villa Tacchiara, however, among other, many other estates, remained with the Contessa. She will live in this cursed villa. Yes, because you need to know that Villa Alta Chiara was built in late 19th century by the Carvon family from England. It was strongly desired by George Carvon, the man who financed the expedition of Howard Carter, who then discovered the tomb of the pharaoh Tutankhamun. Carter shortly died after his discovery in Cairo due to an acute pneumonia. So why the Villa Alta Chiara is cursed? Well, Carvon's niece tragically died at the villa by falling from a cliff on a winter night. This death, plus the Tutankhamun legend, start the rumor that the villa is actually cursed. Furthermore, just a fun fact, the name Villa Alta Chiara is a tribute to the name of the Carvon family English residence, High Clare Castle, known for being the set of the TV series Downtown Abbey. So the Contessa moved to the villa, but she wasn't alone. With her, the new boyfriend, Maurizio Raggio, a wealthy restaurant owner, and the love of her life. They lived in a thousand square meter resident with a park over 3,000 square meters, 40 rooms, a swimming pool, alone overlooking the sea, and an helicopter landing spot, wanted by the Conte to better accommodate the numerous visit of the, his very close friend, Bettino Craxi. And here, my friend, is when the story has become even more complicated. You see, 
Benedetto or Bettino Craxi was an Italian politician, leader of the Italian Socialist Party, and a very close friend of the Conte, and a new boyfriend, Maurizio Raggio. But Bettino was even at the center of one of the biggest Italian corruption cases, Tangentopoli or Mani Pulite. So Mani Pulite was a national-wide investigation into political corruption that occurred during the 90s. As many as 5,000 political figures fell under suspicion of corruption. At one point, more than half of the members of the Italian parliament were under suspicion, and more than 400 city and town council were dissolved because of corruption charges. The estimated value of the bribery pay was around 4 billion US dollars. Someone, of course, need to hide all of this money in offshore bank accounts. And one of the many helpers were the Conte, the Contessa Vacca and Maurizio. Francesca was actually accused together with Maurizio of receiving stolen goods during the period of Tangentopoli. But let's say facing justice was not in the Contessa plan. She flew with Maurizio to Mexico in one of the many houses she inherited from her ex-husband. In Mexico, she met another man, Tirso, with which she started a love affair. In 1997, tired of Mexico, she decided to return to Italy after literally paid her conviction and only few months of house arrest Francesca Vacca Augusta returned to live in Italy in her villa in Portofino. With her there was Maurizio and Tirso. Along the years the love triangle somehow crumbled and Maurizio starts new relationship with other women. We finally arrive at the evening of the 8th of January 2001. The weather was miserable that winter evening. It actually rained all day. Because it's the 8th of January, in the evening it's pitch black outside. And at the villa there were only few people. Francesca, Tirso, Susanna Torretta and Teresa, the housekeeper. Susanna is the 58 years old Vaca Augusta lady-in-waiting and possibly a close friend. Maurizio Raggio was not there. He was actually in Florida with a new lover. The Contessa was last seen leaving the villa around 7 p.m. in her slippers and bathrobe and heading towards the cliffs. Tirso saw her and testified that tried to stop her, but failing and couldn't. Both Tirso and Susanna said and went out and searched for her in the garden, but it was too dark. Panicking, they started to call family and friends for help. And they will call the authorities at midnight, three hours after seeing Francesca for the last time. Polizia arrived and with researching squads at the villa. 
They found the slippers on top of a low fence beyond which there's a, just a sheer cliff over the sea. The day after, they found her bathrobe, glasses, bracelets in the sea, but no sign of the Contessa. Her body was carried away by currents and found 12 days later at the coast Cap Bani in France. Francesca's identity will be confirmed by DNA since her statuesque body was beyond recognition. The French coroner will not find any residual of water in her lungs, so she did not die by drowning. There was a hypothesis of possible death resulting from the assumption of alcohol and drugs, but there was no presence of drugs or alcohol detected in her blood. Francesca died for a fatal head injury, as established in her autopsy on the 22nd of January. So the next hypothesis was that she died during the falling from the cliff. But actually there was no blood in any point of the cliff. The French authority will classify this case as a murder. The Italian one will disagree. For Italian investigators, Francesca's death was, and still is, an accident. This started the media circus. Francesca's death had all the ingredients of the perfect mystery for television talk show, where her death is just another gossip. Months after months, the headlines formulated new hypotheses while Tirso, Susanna and Maurizio were invited to television and radio show to talk, to recount, to speculate over Francesca's death. Their fame grew so much and they took full advantage of this position, so much so that Susanna was even invited to take part of the first edition of the Isola dei Famosi a reality show where quote-unquote VIP are stuck on desert island and need to survive. But we should stop here for a second. So far we have talked about the Contessa as an abstract figure, the public figure that she was. But we should dig a little bit deeper into her persona and try to understand who was Francesca in the last years of her life. Close friends would describe her personality as histrionic. She exhibits all the behavior of a histrionic personality. There, there is no diagnosis of mental health issue while she was living. This is because mental health was not a thing in the 2000s. Plus, she was part of the elite class. And mental health was even more taboo. The Contessa had a high desire for affection and made loud and uh, inappropriate appearance at the house, exaggerate her behaviors and emotion and crave a stimulation from the people around her. Actually, a psychiatric expert tried to shine light on the Contessa mental health after her death. The expert heard testimony of close family and diagnosed Francesca with infantile regression, meaning she needed the affection and attention of the people around her at any cost. 
this behavior became increasingly difficult to manage. In a nutshell, her mental state was fragile. During her life, she had three abortions, the first of which during her first marriage. Actually, she got pregnant before the wedding with a Conte, and a pregnancy out of the marriage was, was unacceptable during the 70s, especially from a high-profile figure like she was. The procedure must have compromised her system since she lost two babies, one from the Conte and one from Maurizio. And I'm sharing this very personal information not to judge, but actually because I have a gut feeling that Francesca was a very lonely and a happy person and she went through a lot of traumatic events in her life and never processed them correctly. Francesca tried to kill herself several times over the years. Even the morning of the 8th, she will confess to Teresa, the housekeeper, she wanted to die. Her behavior during the day was irrational. Francesca, they will say, then entered an infantile state that day and wanted to play it hide-and-seek with the people in the villa. Tirso will find her in a wardrobe with an empty bottle of whiskey and then behind a low wall beyond the veranda. Or at least this is what he will report to the police because I would like to remind you that no trace of alcohol will be found in Francesca's body. In the late afternoon, the Contessa was in her private apartment having her ritual bath. And during the bath, an argument broke between Francesca and Tirso. After the argument, Francesca will run over the garden and disappear into the night. Police tried to collect evidence from the villa, since the Contessa had several savers and jewelry in the house, she put in place an alarm system and camera everywhere around the estate. But during the night of her disappearance, both systems were not in function. The prosecutor, together with the Carabinieri, began a very rigorous investigation with interrogation, study of the sea current and scientific test carried out by the scientific police of Parma. But how accurate you can search a 40-rooms villa with a huge park? Well, I believe not that well. And the police were unable to unlock the mysterious death of Francesca. The prosecutor office dismissed this death as accidental, but Francesca's death will fill pages and pages of newspapers for months. No one will be ever prosecutor for her death. So the only things then I can do is start to speculate a little bit on what happened and thinking especially about motive because the main questions is why someone wish Francesca died. I think it's quite obvious, right? Money. For me, money are the center of this cold case. Francesca had this eccentric and fragile character. I do not believe that she was surrounded by people that she could trust. She didn't have friends that want what was good for her. Her wealth didn't help at all. 
not before and not even after her death. Personally, I believe something had happened that night. Maybe a heated argument between Tirso and or Susanna. Maybe she, Francesca decided to cut an allowance of this then possible, then Francesca died in her villa, hitted on her head with a heavy object. Tirso or Susanna took then her body and threw it over the fence into the sea. Her poor mental health would have been the perfect justification, masking a murder with a suicide or an accident. And for me, that too knows perfectly what really happened at night. Obviously, police couldn't and can't work with hypotheses and speculation. I believe detective had the same thought than I had and conclusion than I arrived to, but couldn't build up a strong case against either of them. Furthermore, these people had a great connection into powerful figures of Italian society and could as well hire very good lawyer in their defense. So maybe this is why no one ever really pushed for a trial. But true color of a person will always reveal in some point in time. After Francesca's death, it started the war over her patrimony. There were countless disputes over her estate and searches for her jewelry, lawsuit between the two lovers, Rocky and the relative of Francesca. In the end, part of the estate went to Tirso, who sold it out and now lives as a free man in Mexico. Maurizio Raggio took over Villa Alta Chiara for a long time. Then, he, in 2019, he was sentenced for nine months. Raggio was accused, together with other people, of the disappearance of a very good portion of Francesca Gerli. Then he buried at the Villa Garden and dig it up after years. He lost as well the Villa which is now sold to a very close friend of Putin for $40 million. This is the end of the eccentric and tragic life and death story of Contessa Francesca Vacca Augusta. I think her story is emblematic of money do not buy happiness. Money made her escape justice in 1997 but I believe was the real cause of her death. Francesca had a lot of traumatic experience and never properly processed, either privately or publicly. I do believe she wanted to be loved, to love someone, to fall in love and to feel loved. And I think she didn't. I hope this story will remind you how important is your mental health. And if you're struggling right now, Remember, you're not alone. Please reach out for professional help or a list to a very good friends and talk. Until next time, ciao guys.